return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah, Pastor Randon. He just preached my message. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you excited to be here tonight? Oh, are you excited to be in the presence of the Lord tonight? Just close your eyes with me. I, I, I wish we could worship the whole time. Worship was powerful. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Just lift your voice, begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just lift your voice. Let us not hide behind the songs. These songs were written by people, words of, um, you know, people's intent of who God is to them. Who is God to you? Just lift your voice and begin to bless His name. Lift your voice. Give Him all the glory. Thank Him. Oh, Shadabadose. We bless your holy name, O God. We worship your holy name. All over this place, worship Him. Adore Him. Magnify Him. Idabo Shatadadaba. You are God. We worship your supremacy, O God. We worship your sovereignty, O God. You are God all by yourself, the self-existent one, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Ah, we bless your holy name. Father, we, we love you tonight. We pray, O oh God, that you let your word be established in our lives. Let your word go forth in power, as it ought to. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be here tonight. Um, I want to thank Pastor Dave and Pastor Ginny. Although they are not here, um, God bless them wherever they are. We pray that God will keep them, um, you know, and bring them home safely. We really need them. Hallelujah. Um, Thank you, Pastor Randin and um, Angeline for the, you know, wonderful work you're doing. Um, the leadership of the church, um, we are doing great. Hallelujah. Um, I want to talk to you tonight um, on, on a subject I titled, Keeping Your Focus on Jesus. I believe that there are so many things going on in the world today. Um, you know, thank God for science, um, but science has its limitation. If, if um, we are going to you know, solve the problems of this world today, we cannot leave Jesus out of the equation. Hallelujah. Um, I, I love signs, you know, but like I said, um, 
science has its limit. Hallelujah. Um, so, keeping your focus on Jesus. Pastor Randon just said something before he sat down. He said, we need to keep our focus on him. It's very important. Um, you know, so, I've established this fact here, this point here that um, whatever you feed your mind, whatever you see, whatever you, you focus your gaze on, you become. The Bible said in the book of Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so how do you think when you, you fix your gaze on something, um, it gets to your, your conscious or subconscious, and then you become the expression of what you are seeing. That is why it's very important, you know, to check what we see, to check what we hear, and to check what, you know, we do, our actions. Um, yesterday I was listening to one man of God, and he was preaching, and he said something. It was a short message. And he said, um, you know, your environment is very key. What happens within your environment is very key. And he said something that most of the time, um, people cast spells. You know, spell is just a word that is backed by a spirit. And so someone can say, oh, I feel like dying. And the person might think that is just a trivial word. But you don't know the spirits around and you don't know who is around, what they can do with that word. Hallelujah. That is why blessing is very important in our homes. You know, the words we speak in our environment. You know, what, you know, um, if you feel your environment is a little um, dull, a little um, some way, you want to, you know, put in some worship and begin to worship God, begin to speak. You have to, we have to control our environment. We have to control what goes on in our environment. We have to create the presence of God in our environment. By so doing, um, we can command the victory and walk in that victory. Hallelujah. And so, even when you're talking to someone and the person, you know, says something that is negative to you, you don't have to wait, you know, um, believing that nothing will happen. You have to counteract what the person said. Um, you know, for example, if the person says, oh, you're going to die, you're going to die. You know, I, I, I remember, you know, some time ago, someone that I, I really revered, you know, um, we were talking and then something happened and, you know, to my kid. And then she made a statement. Oh, she's dead. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. And I said, no, he's not dead. I... It, it, it came like, you know, I didn't even plan it, but it, it, I, I didn't want that, you know, to have effect. It might not be now, it might be in the future. And so I counteracted that. I said, no, he, he's fine in the name of Jesus, you know. And so when things like that happen to us, we shouldn't just leave it believing that nothing will happen. How do we bless? We bless by speaking. How do we curse? We curse by speaking. You don't have to, you know, pour libation or pour a drink on the floor uh, before it, it can take effect. And so that is why it's very important that as parents, we should be mindful of the things we say to our kids. 
we should be mindful of the things you know we teach our kids hallelujah and so today i want us to look at something in the book of um matthew chapter 14 verse 23 to 36 matthew chapter 14 verse 23 and i read from the king james version it says and when he had sent his multitudes away he went up into a mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come he was there alone and um you know i want us to um, learn something from this scripture the first question I asked myself is why would Jesus leave to a mountain to pray? That is for another time. Just think about it. Couldn't he find anywhere, you know, I believe that God is everywhere. Don't get me wrong. But this um, just food for thought. Just think about it. And he went apart into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. He was there alone. Now, Jesus, prior to this, Jesus had, you know, preached to 5,000. The Bible records that he preached to 5,000 women. He fed them. 5,000 women, um, you know, 5,000 men, sorry, excluding women and children. So, um, if even, let's say, they are equal in number. So, 5,000 men, 5,000 women. And you know that in ministry, most of the time, the ladies are more than the men. And let's say they are equal. And then children. So, about 12,000 people, Jesus ministered to them. And I was thinking that, you know, after that, he, you know, would be with his, um, his disciples. But he did something, and that is... One thing we do here, and that is wonderful, I read that in the scriptures, you know, after ministration, Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie and the elders will be there ushering the people home. When I read that, I was like, oh, wonderful, this is scriptural. You know, the Bible said, um, and when the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. For the wind was contrary. And so, um, on the other side, the Bible said he sent them to the other side. And they were going for mission. They were going to preach the word. And so, Jesus had to step aside and pray. Now, when you continue, you realize that, you know, Jesus did so much miracles. They had to bring people to just touch the hem of his garment. And they were healed. And so, Jesus was teaching us that in order for us to walk in the miraculous, in order for us to um, fulfill our vision, what God has said, um, you know, concerning our lives and what he has entrusted with us, we have to spend time in prayer. And so, when I thought about it, the Bible said, that right after um, feeding the 5,000 and ushering them home, he went, he sent the disciples, and he went to pray. So, I asked myself, what time was it? What time did he usher them home, and what time did he go to pray? 
And when you read downwards, the Bible said, at the fourth watch of the night, he began to, you know, walk on the sea, went to the disciples. So, was he praying the whole night? That I, I was just, you know, just thinking about it. Was he praying the whole night? And then, you know, the Spirit of God spoke to me that if we are going to, you know, command results, if we are going to walk in victory, there is no way we can take prayer out of the equation. We need people to lay their lives on the altar of prayer. To pray, you know, where prayer becomes a lifestyle. You know, you are in the bathroom, you are praying. Everywhere you are, you are praying. You saturate the atmosphere with prayer. If we are going to walk in the miraculous and, you know, experience the miracles that Jesus did. Because Jesus said something. He said, this thing I do, you will do more. Is it in the scriptures? You know, and so we should ask ourselves, have we seen even half of what he did? It means that there is something that we are not doing as a church. It means that there is something that we are not doing as disciples. You know, maybe we are doing it, but we have to intensify it. You know, from the scriptures. Can we go to 22... Go back to 22 and see. Yeah. And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And to go before him unto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away himself. This is what I was talking about. So Jesus himself. You know. And so Pastor Dave was talking about how he went to a place to minister. And after, ministri- after the ministration... You know, they tried to keep him from away from the congregation. And he was like, no, 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 I want to spend time with them. I, I want to talk to them. I want to usher them. And, you know, when I read the scripture, I just remembered what he said. And this is very scriptural. God, God bless him. You know, so um, that is what we should do. That is what we should emulate, you know, when we are ministering to to be in contact with the people. That is how come we can transfer blessings unto them. We shouldn't separate them and distance ourselves from them. Hallelujah. Verse 23. And so, um, you know, he was there alone. I believe in corporate prayers. But I believe that before we come together to pray, we should spend time by ourselves. You know, in our, in our rooms. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 6. He said when you pray shut the door. So it has to be something private. Before it becomes corporate. Hallelujah. It has to be alone. Prayer should be something that. Even when we come and we are praying as a corporate body. You know it is something that you are communing with him. So then you shouldn't distract yourself. You shouldn't, sometimes we are distracted by the things around, even in worship, when we are worshiping. That is why most times, most people, most places, they tell you to close your eyes. Not because when you close your eyes, you're going to, you know, um, see God or feel something extraordinary, but it's a way to keep you from distraction, you know, so that if you can kneel, or you can, you want to lie flat, 
or anything that you do that will, you, will keep you from away from distraction, you should do it. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk about five reasons. There are a lot of reasons, but I want to talk about five reasons why we pray. Five reasons why we pray. Number one, um, prayer is a good act of faith. Prayer is a good act of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So before you even make an attempt to pray, he's saying that first of all, you have to believe. So it's an act of faith that I'm praying to God. I believe that God is going to hear and answer my prayer. Hallelujah. And it is my prayer tonight that God will meet you at the point of your need. That God will hear your cry and answer your prayer in the name of Jesus. Number two, prayer makes you a man or woman of authority. Matthew chapter 7 verse 28. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Can we go to 27, please? Hallelujah. And, um, you know, so proud to this, it talks about how Jesus, you know, went to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, um, he was endued with power. And so when he came out, um, he taught not as the scribes and the Pharisees, as the teachers of the law, but he spoke like someone who had authority. And so anytime you spend time praying, Anytime you spend time in the presence of God, there is something that comes upon you. In the book of Acts chapter 1, um, you know, the Bible said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. Um, the dunamis, the ability to cause changes. And so, you, you, um, even when you are talking, people can sense even when you are acting, you know, there's a way you can even meet a man. Without a person talking, you can, you can discern that this person is um, either man or woman of God. When you spend time, you carry some presence. When you spend some time with God, the more you spend time with God, the more, you know, the oil becomes thicker. And so, even before you speak, someone can discern and say, there is something about you. There is something. You, you can be in a group and everybody will single you out. There is something about you. You know, and that is the presence. And when you speak, you know, there is something, the spirit that backs your word. When, when we sing, you know, um, even in the, in the circular world, you know, the songs that are produced, the songs that are sung, people do all sort of things 
to back the songs. So sometimes, you know, you might be singing some songs and, you know, it will, the song might not be good, but it will be in your subconscious. Um, it will be, you know, you, you find yourself singing that song. And it's up to you to just counteract or stop that thing immediately. Why is it so? Because there is some spirit that is backing it. In the same, um, in the same way, when we come to, to church, sometimes, you know, the, the songs that we sing during worship, you know, not all the time. You know, you can, you can discern if this is spiritual, if this is coming from the spirit. You know, God bless us, we are doing well, you know, but let me not use this um, holy life as, as an example. But when you go to places, let me put it that way, you, you, when someone is singing and the person is not singing or ministering in the spirit, you, you can tell. You can tell. And when the person is ministering, you could feel the presence. You could, you could feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. So when you want to turn or switch, it's very easy for you to do that. Amen. So the, the fourth one is um, to reason together. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. And now, this was talking about, you know, the Israelites. But in this particular instance, it's talking about the sins. But not only the sins. You might have an issue that you are dealing with. He's saying that, come let us reason together. I want to talk to you. We, I want us to talk about this problem. You know, I, I want us to solve it. Let us find ways and means, you know, to solve this issue. And so, um, I want to let you know that you are not alone. You know, so when you have a problem, let us walk into the presence of God with all boldness. We should not um, feel rejected. We should not feel um, guilty. It doesn't matter what has happened. God is always there to reach out to us. Hallelujah. He's always there to reason. As long as you go to the presence of God and talk to Him. Um, the fifth one, the, the last one that I want to talk about is so that we don't fall into temptation. Matthew chapter 26 verse 41. He said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Watch and pray. It doesn't mean that the temptation will not come. The temptation will come. But he said, so that you don't fall into it. So, the Bible said when Jesus fasted, the Spirit of God took him, the Holy Spirit took him to the wilderness to be tempted. And so, after that, you know, the Bible said that was when he came out with power. Because he was able to stand. He didn't fall. And so, it is very, very important when we pray, um, the Spirit of God strengthens us. He strengthens us and, and makes us stand in, in times where the temptation comes. Hallelujah. And so let's go back to um, the Matthew chapter um, verse 24. Chapter 14 verse 24. 
But the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. This is very, very important that anytime God gives you a word, we should pay much attention to this. Anytime God gives you a word, it could be a prophecy, it could be a dream, it could be an open vision. Anytime God gives you a word, you are going to experience oppositions. It's, it's something that you cannot run away from. Opposition, it could be from, from all spheres of your life. It could even be from family. Can you imagine, the Bible said Jesus you know, came to die, right? He came to die for us. And then... He tells his disciples, I'm going to die. You know, someone is going to betray me. This is what I came to do. And then Peter, um, you know, stands up and says, no, that cannot happen. And so he rebuked him. You know, um, Peter, I, 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 Peter meant good, right? He didn't want, you know, our Lord and Savior to die. But the thing, is, the, uh, the thing is, that is what he came to do. That is his purpose. So sometimes, even our parents, our loved ones, can even be an opposition, you know, trying to, to stop what the purpose is of God for our lives. They might not mean it, you know, in that evil sense, but in a way, they might stand in the way of God. Hallelujah. And so, opposition can come in any form, even in church. Anywhere you find yourself. It can, it can, you know, the devil can also manipulate people to work against you. And so, when you receive the word, there's going to be distractions. No two ways about that. The Bible said, and God revealed something to Joseph, and he told it to his brethren and his, his father. What happened? You know, at a point in time, they put him in a pit. I, I knew he, I thought he would be asking himself some questions. This is not what you showed me, God. This is not what you showed me. Uh, is, is this thing going to, you know, be made manifest in my life? Is it going to, you know, take effect in my life? Because it doesn't look like it. You know, they said they were going to kill him. But... When you read the book of um, Psalm 105, that was also part of the process. You know, when I read that scripture, I was surprised. The Bible said, and God sent someone ahead of the Israelites. God sent someone. Who did he send? He sent Joseph. So was that part of the process? Let's think about that. So, so which means that you know, um, think about it. They put him in a pit. And it wasn't once. God kept, kept revealing to him how, you know, 11 stars and the sun are going to, you know, bow to him and all that. And then he would go tell his dad and then tell his brethren. And the Bible said they hated him the more. Not because of anything, but because of what God had installed for him because of his future. It had nothing to do with him. Are you going to rule over us? They asked those questions. And so, what I'm trying to say is that if God gives you a word, it's not going to be on the silver platter. Nah, it's, it's not going to be easy. And so, we have to be prepared 
That is why we need to keep our gaze and everything on Jesus. You know, because the wind is going to be contrary. The wind is going to be boisterous. Are we going to fix our gaze on Jesus? As long as you fix your gaze on Him, you can make it. As long as you, you know, you focus on the Word of God. No matter what is happening around you, what is God saying about the situation? No matter what the dreams you have, what people say, you know, what God has told you is what you should hold on to. What he has told you about your kids is what you should hold on to. When men are saying there is a cast down, you shall say there is a lifting up. You don't listen to what people say about their situation. You are different from them. Hallelujah. And so we have to keep our focus ah, on Jesus. And so 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. So, this is to tell us, before Jesus walked on the sea, what happened? He had to go pray, spend time. I wonder whether he slept. I I don't know, just thinking about it. The whole night, he prayed. And so, he had to go to them, but there was no ship. And he said, no, um, you know, nothing can stop me. I'm going to go to them by walking on the sea. Hallelujah. And so before we can walk in the miraculous, before we can move in the dimension where we command victories, daily we have to spend time, a lot of time praying. The Bible said the fourth watch. You know we have um, four watches of the day and four watches of the night. The, the watches of the night starts from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's the first watch. The second watch starts from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Midnight, 12 midnight. And the third watch starts from 12 midnight to 3 a.m. And the fourth starts from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And so the Bible talked about the fourth watch. So anywhere between 3 and 6, that was when he got to them. Hallelujah. And can we continue? 25 and 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Let me pause to say this. Anytime someone does something extraordinary, something out of the normal, you know, they attribute a spirit to it. You remember the Bible said Jesus casted out a lot of demons and healed the sick and all that. And the people said he was doing that by Beelzebub, the chief of the spirit. So anytime we do something, um, things extraordinary, things out of the normal, people are going to say, you know, there is something that he's using and that is not from God. You know, even in the church, um, the other day I was talking to a friend of mine at work and, you know, they were talking about how, you know, we come to church and then we speak in tongues and people sometimes start shaking and, and all that. And I asked him, um, do you have Acts in your Bible? The book of Acts, is it in your Bible or it's, it's taken out? Because the, the book of Acts tells about the, the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. 
And so how can you how can you read this and say that it doesn't pertain to the church? I mean, it doesn't I want to understand, but to me it doesn't really make sense. The Holy Spirit was promised by Jesus. He said, I'm going, I will send a comforter. And he will be with you. See, this work of the ministry cannot be um, accomplished, cannot be done without the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. And so if we are going to um, command victory, command miracles, we have to, you know, um, we have to walk with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so it is very, very, very important. I was like, yeah, so um, you cannot take that out of it. A church that is alive is a church that manifests the gifts of the Spirit of God. You know, we don't want it to be that sanctimonious. In heaven, there is noise. As a, re- as a matter of fact, there is worship always going on in heaven. Hallelujah. The angels singing, worship, and praising Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, when we come to church, we have to, you know, do the same thing that's been done in heaven. We've not been there before, but um, John has had a revelation in the book of Revelations. He describes what he saw, you know, in heaven. The glimpse he had. He said the 24 elders and the four living creatures, what did they do? Lie prostrate before the king of kings and say, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Hallelujah. And so, um, we have to, you know, exhibit, we have to demonstrate the power of God through the giftings that God, the Holy Spirit, has deposited in us. Hallelujah. They cried out, it is a spirit. They cried out of fear. But straightforward, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Is that not wonderful? Jesus is always there to save us. It doesn't matter what you're going through. When you are falling, you know, you feel like giving up. He's always there to reach out to you. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, If it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. What do we learn here? Anytime there is a crisis, anytime there is a situation, those who are bold enough to take some steps, they do exploits. You know, the Bible said, we shall do exploits. Is it in the scriptures? And the scripture says that, you know, the creation is waiting for us to manifest. Is it in the scriptures? They are earnestly waiting for the sons of God to manifest. What are we supposed to manifest? That is the question. And so the Bible said, Peter, out of the twelve, said, if it is you, cause me to come on the water. I want to do the same thing you're doing. And so it, it's, it was recorded that Peter was the only one who could walk on the water? Why? Because he was the one who reached out. You know, and that should be, you know, our um, our mindset. Whenever there is crisis, we should step out, 
and try to solve the problems. That is how we, we make millionaires. Whenever there is crisis somewhere, whenever there is a problem somewhere, the people who go out to solve the problems become, you know, the heroes of the day. Hallelujah. And so, um, verse 29, And he said, Come. He said, Come. What do we learn here too? Anytime God gives you a word, most of the time, He doesn't detail it. Let us get this right. Not all the time. There are times where He would say that, do this, oh, um, example, when they were building, you know, the tabernacle, He gives specifications. But most of the time, when it has to do with you, you know, He shows you the future. He shows you how it's, you know, the end is going to be like. But he doesn't show us the process. Many times, if he's to show us the process, <laughs> we would say no. Yeah. But he doesn't show us. So that's why Paul said, we have to, you know, fix our gaze. And press on towards the mark of the high calling. You know, because when you look at you know, the surroundings, and you look at the wind that is contrary, for sure you're going to sink. And so, he told him, come. How to come was in the hands of Peter. He didn't tell him, take the first left, you know, take or bring the right. No, he said, come. And Jesus was there. He just, um, you know, just that word, come. And Peter, out of faith, Began to walk on the water. But the Bible said when the wind became boisterous. As long as he, he, he fixed his gaze on Jesus. He could walk on the water. But when he looked at the wind around. He began to sink. And so my message is simple tonight. Fix your gaze on Jesus. And for sure. You can accomplish whatever God has put in your heart. It could be a business. It could be anything that God has put in your heart. Just fix your gaze on Jesus. Just fix your gaze on Jesus. Like I said, he's the, he's the only answer to the problems we are facing to, today in our world. We cannot take him out of the equation. You know, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to combine the word. What is the word saying? Not to listen to, you know, what the world is saying. Like Pastor Randon said, we don't have to listen to, you know, what is happening in the economy. God is going to take care of his own. I can promise you that. God is going to take care of his own. And so even when the times are so difficult, just keep your gaze on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus and he will help you out of it. Hallelujah. And so, as I bring my word to a closure, I just want you to close your eyes with me. We're going to pray a simple prayer. I don't know what God has put in your heart, you know, for you to do. I don't know the vision that you have. You know, we are praying that God will strengthen your hands.
just talk to him that God strengthen our hands. God strengthen our hands. Even in a church, God strengthen our hands. We cannot do it without you. Lord, strengthen our hands. Oh, shata bradabadasa. Lord, strengthen our hands. Even if the vision is not clear, Father, give us clarity in the name of Jesus. Give us clarity, O oh God. Give us clarity, O oh God. Give us clarity, O oh God. Ah, shodabadosa, kato bradiadabadosa. We shall not abandon that vision in the name of Jesus. We shall, we shall complete it to the glory of God. Lift your voice. Talk to him in the name of Jesus. It could be a small ministry where you can talk to people and encourage them. It could be anything that God has put in your spirit. You want to pray that he will empower you in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. So Father, we want to thank you for tonight. We want to thank you for all you do and all you continue to do. We want to thank you for the visions that you've put in our spirit. Visions to help our country. Visions to help the people around. Visions to help your church. Visions to propagate the gospel. We are praying, O oh God, that you empower us in the name of Jesus. Empower each and every one of us here. Even those who are not here. Those who are at home. We pray, O oh God, that you empower them. In the mighty name of Jesus, strengthen our hands, O God. We shall not abandon those projects. We shall not abandon those visions in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, O God, that you quicken our mortal bodies, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that you bring clarity. Ah, In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. For an answer prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.